，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。A barber shop in Kaohsiung has gone viral with a very unusual commercial. The video advertises an insta barber service with a cut, wash, and dry in just six seconds. The happy customer even gets a cosmetic dusting before he leaves. But does the commercial represent the services of the shop accurately? Let's check it out. 预算有限，就只能来快速减法。In just six seconds, this gentleman gets cut, wash and dry, and he's on his way. This video was released by a Gaosheng barber online. 特别啊，泡沫干我可怜啊呢，这快速。嗯，不可怜啊，你来修啊啥位啊？广告效应。It's an effective commercial. People will be curious and want to come and try it. They've been open about six months, and there's a lot of people coming. It's a new marketing tactic. Young people like it. It's creative. We thought a video from someone else was really fun, and because we're a barber shop too, we thought we could do something similar and copy them. We didn't expect it would get such a big response. The barber shop owner had a sudden inspiration to make the Insta Barber video and found a real customer who was willing to star in the movie. The actor is a customer of ours, and it was his first time with us. We rehearsed two or three times. We were just filming a video and had to manage the requirements of filming. Of course, when you actually ride on the road, you must wear a helmet. Please do not try this at home. Perhaps surprisingly, the barber shop is not one of those that advertises a quick cut for 100NT. The video is just an artistic take on the concept of haircutting, by no means a representation of the standards of service at the shop. Taiwan's tea culture is world famous, but have you ever seen a teapot made by hand? Today we have an interview with Ling Songbun, master teapot maker. He uses nothing but Taiwan clay and refuses glazes, using only the traditional techniques of Taiwan's craft tradition. Each pot takes most of a week to complete. A cross section of a log with many rings showing in the trunk, but this is not real wood. It's a teapot made of clay. Some places you feel it's a texture. 对，那其实它都是土做的。The realistic aged look of the pots delights collectors. This pot has a metal handle on top made with a screw and won a top prize at the Taoyuan Fine Arts Exhibition. These pots are all the work of clay master Ling Songbun. 利用旋转的动作，让每一个周边你都会弄得很均匀的厚薄度。A lump of unassuming Taiwan clay becomes an incredible tea trunk teapot in Lin's talented hands. The veins on the bark are utterly convincing. Lin has been perfecting his art his whole life. He grew up in a family in Inga that produces teaware and began working with clay as a teenager. Times are changing because mass production orders have already gone over to China and are gradually contracting. 
Our factory has had to change bit by bit. It's not hard at all to learn clay techniques, but you need to be able to stick to it. A machine can make hundreds or even thousands of teapots a day, but one of these handmade pots takes five or six days on average. It wasn't always what his family hoped for, but the adolescent Lin was determined to work on his sculpting. He would work in the factory in the day and spend the nights playing with clay. That laid the foundation for the mastery he has today. The materials I use are Taiwanese, so I would say proudly that these are Taiwanese products. And then I add my own techniques to tell some creative stories with the work. I think this is the real, authentic Taiwanese product. A handmade piece like this has a unique story behind it. Lin insists on only using Taiwan clay and avoiding any glaze. That makes his work not just local, but also environmentally friendly. Men's double shuttlers Yang Bohan and Lu Jingyao have won gold at the Hilo Badminton Open in Germany. And that wasn't Taiwan's only medal at the event. The silver went to another Taiwan duo composed of Li Zhehui and Yang Boxun. It was a nail-biter of a final between the two Taiwanese teams with a game that extended into a third set. In the end, the Yang Lu pairing prevailed, beating their opponents 25-23 to clinch the win. It marks the first time that Taiwan takes home the title for men's doubles at the event. 17-year-old Huang Tingxuan has become the first Taiwanese golfer to take home the title at the Women's Amateur Asia-Pacific Championship. Though Huang had a slow start, she made six birdies in her last 11 holes for a gold-winning final score of 11 under par 277. Huang says she is extremely happy with the results, adding that she looks forward to play in major championships next year. In a straight shot from the bunker, Huang Tingxuan finishes off hole 12 with a birdie to cheers from the public. The 17-year-old golfer is still a high school student, but already she's a prodigy at golf. In the last day of the competition, Huang had tallied up 6 birdies and just 3 bogeys. Despite the pouring rain, Huang focused on the game to close off the game with a birdie on hole 18. Huang pushed the score to a 3-under final round of 69, finishing on 11-under in the tournament and taking home the title. She is the first Taiwanese golfer to win gold at the Women's Amateur Asia Pacific Championship. Oh, very proud of, yeah, I'm, yeah, very proud <laughs> Taiwan, yeah. Since its start in 2018, the Women's Amateur Asia-Pacific Championship has been an important springboard for the careers of many young golfers from all over Asia. Huang, who says her biggest inspiration is Taiwanese golfer Yanni Tseng, has found success at the event, allowing her to take her first step toward becoming the next golf star. Cathay United Bank has announced that its agreement for co-branded credit cards with big box retailer Costco will end on August 7th next year. For the millions of cardholders, that means the cards will cease to be usable on that date. Let's hear from a personal finance guru. So what can you do with all the perks and points you have accumulated on your card? Cathay United Bank has said that you can use them to get cash discounts when using the card. The Costco co-branded credit cards don't carry any annual fees, so if you want to get one now, you wouldn't have to pay any fee to Cathay United Bank. All that would happen is the card stops working on August 7th. 
Previously, reports had emerged saying that Taipei Fubon Commercial Bank had stepped in to take over the co-branded cards for 1.2 billion NT. The bank has not confirmed nor denied the reports, while Costco says it will announce its future partner once details are finalized. November 20th is International Children's Rights Day. Members of the Chang'an Child Protection Center have been raising awareness of their work with a classical music concert. Doctors in the organization provide a wide range of services to children who have been abused, as well as working to prevent abuse in the first place. Today, we meet some of the team to learn about their vital work. Doctors play a piece of joyful classical music. November 20th is International Children's Rights Day. The team at Chang'eng Memorial Hospital have been focusing on child protection for many years and in 2018 founded the Chang'eng Child Protection Center. They provided integrated medical care and continuing protection after children are placed in a new home. We have been following these care institutions for many years. In the same way, the most important thing is that we continue to pay attention when these children grow up and leave care institutions. When they're 17 or 18 and go to college or rent accommodation, the school fees and their future possible work. Many governmental agencies, businesses and nonprofits work together to protect children from abuse. Ministry of Health and Welfare statistics show that on average 78,000 child abuse cases were reported to the police annually over the last three years. Approximately 5,000 of those reports were made by medical professionals. And doctors say the pressure of the pandemic has catalyzed a rise in abusive behaviors. During the pandemic, mental health and economics were affected. That's to say, parents or caregivers who lost their jobs were more likely to become violent. Children who've been abused need physical and mental support. These doctors established a comprehensive clinic which offers care across 16 disciplines, including neurological, medical, physiological and psychiatric treatments. I think that all the way across Taiwan, the capacity to identify and work for children's rights among pediatricians is uniformly high. We can see within our organization that more and more pediatricians are getting involved. The Chang'eng Child Protection Center continues to fight to prevent child abuse and to provide the highest levels of care and support for children who have not been given the love and care that they deserve. Now we head to the countryside for one of the best local ice cream you'll find in Taiwan. Ice cream connoisseur Wang Bingsen scoured the country for the best fruit in his effort to make the most Taiwanese ice cream possible. He eventually settled in Jiji Township, Nanto, where he serves up sorbets and ice cream with nothing but the best local ingredients. Visitors say the delicate flavors are great for folks who find normal ice cream too cloyingly sweet. Fresh dragon fruits are washed and peeled. The lush purple flesh is sliced. Wen Bingsen does it all by hand to make sure that dragon fruit ice cream is as delicious as can be. Making the desserts, he relies on years of experience and skill. Dragon fruit has a mild flavor, so first it needs to have a flavor enhancement. Wen says that some Taiwanese fruit can't go with milk. For the perfect texture, you must make sorbet. The fragrance of dragon fruit is great. It's not too sweet. So people who don't like it too sweet should come and give it a try. 
Some fruit really doesn't go well with milk because milk has its own fragrance and it destroys the original aroma of the fruit. So that's why lots of fruit goes better when presented as a sorbet. Wen is originally from Taoyuan and spent six years perfecting the art of ice cream by traveling all over Taiwan to find the best fruit. Finally, he decided to open his store in Nanto's Jiji Township using the local produce to create the most delicious fruit ice creams. We get the fruit straight from the farmers before anyone else. I think it's a win-win. This gelato has the unmistakable taste of Taiwan's fruit. Processed in the simplest way by hand, the result lets the natural flavors shine through, giving visitors a local, seasonal Taiwanese treat. A spot on the north coast is quickly becoming a must-visit for Taiwanese surfers. Zhongjiao Bay has perfect conditions for surfers and sunbathers alike. Singer Fang Wu just released a short movie promoting surf culture at the beach. Officials hope more tourists will be tempted out to New Taipei's Jingsan district to sample north coast beach life. Singer-songwriter Fang Wu isn't in the studio today. She's headed for the Big Blue Sea. She jumps on board, finds her center, paddles, lifts herself and stands up. Then it's just a question of following the wave. Wu was asked by the Ministry of Transportation to film this surfing video showing off Zhongjiao Bay, the latest surfing hotspot on the north coast. It's great for tourists, both beginner surfers and more advanced surfers, as well as experts. I hope that through making this surf movie at Zhongjiao Bay, we can introduce more people from Taiwan and abroad to this location because it's so beautiful. The bay has an incredible curved coastline where northerly winds and underwater reefs whip up thrilling waves. Surfers descend here en masse at weekends. The breathtaking scenery captivated the movie's director. We realize that here at Zhongjiao Bay, the scenery and the environment are as good as anything overseas. When we surveyed the location, we went to Zhongjiao Bay at 5 a.m. to see the sunrise, and wow, it amazed me. Zhongjiao Bay is not just a surfer's paradise. A newly renovated tourist center is also a hub for local recreation and nature appreciation activities of all kinds. A new installation at Pure 2 Art Center is giving visitors food for thought. French artist Gleb Abraham makes his art in the medium of street signs. He designed a multitude of creative and puzzling signs for Pier 2. They're leaving Kaohsiung visitors scratching their heads. These signs are meant to ask questions, not answer them. This sign by Light Rail Da Yi Pier 2 station recently sparked debate. Just what does it mean? Maybe it's like deep thinking. Someone is thinking deeply at the top, so is the person below? It's quite creative. It's just if you didn't know, you'd wonder who's doing graffiti here. It's a bit like the graffiti you see at the roadside. At first, I actually thought it meant toilet, because this person sitting here. I thought it might be a toilet sign. But I hadn't looked at this bit below. Is it some people sitting on a sofa? Or people are lying on the ground reading? But this is not the only strange sign to have appeared at Pier 2. Could this be a crossroads sign? Or you can't do a U-turn? Visitors can spend hours staring at the signs without figuring them out. Nearby, there's a whale chasing a car and traffic arrows emerging from nostrils. What's it all about? 
generally, everyone is curious about why we'd have these different creative designs on the signs. Basically, our answer is, this is the artist's creative method. Generally, his works are hidden away on roads. We invited him to create some signs for us specially. We hope that the public can interpret them in various ways, using their own perspectives. He basically hasn't set too many limits restricting his artwork. These thought-provoking signs are the work of French artist Clet Abraham. Their deliberately ambiguous messages leave space for each viewer's imagination to reframe the world in their own image. Lawmakers on Monday inspected the National Palace Museum's storage and inventory management facilities. The visit comes after recent reports that the museum had tried to hush reports that artifacts at the museum had been damaged. Also on Monday, the museum released a video showing the damaged items as well as its restoration process. It said that one of the items, a bowl painted with two dragons from the Ming Dynasty, will be restored as soon as next week. But one lawmaker still wasn't convinced. Let's hear from him. The information provided by the National Palace Museum when it gave a report on the broken items was incomplete in my opinion. It seems unable to dispel doubts over whether the museum actually tried to cover up what happened. This is the principle that we uphold. When there is a problem, it must be investigated. After we investigate, there must be punishment meted out. The museum explained that it is changing the way items are packaged for storage, switching from wrappings to padded boxes. Items will also be stored one item per box, and adjustments will be made to the workspace at the museum's storage facilities. Last week, Eva Air launched flights to a new destination in Germany, the southern city of Munich. That means that now two airlines operate direct flights to two cities in the European country. One key figure behind this development was Taiwan's representative to Germany, Xie Zhiwei, who has been working for years to deepen bilateral ties. Last year, at the height of the pandemic, Xie signed a bilateral agreement with the country, which has paved the way for even more direct connections in the future. EVA Air has launched direct flights to Munich. To celebrate, the airline held an event at Germany's largest city palace, demonstrating the significance of the hard-fought route. So please welcome the Taiwan ambassador, Mr. Shi Wei Shi. Thank you for calling me ambassador. Taiwan's representative to Germany, Xie Zhiwei, worked behind the scenes in July last year at the height of the pandemic, signing an airline service agreement with Germany on behalf of Taiwan. I worked on this agreement since 2016 for four or five years. Of course, there were a lot of issues that arose which we can't talk to the public about. Over the course of six years, I signed 12 different agreements. This is a guarantee of quality from Taiwan itself to Germany's officials and to the German public. Unlike past agreements signed between private companies, the Taipei Munich flight route was worked out between government officials from both sides. In the past, there were only seven passenger flights weekly to Germany, which flew to Frankfurt and were operated by China Airlines. Now, in addition to the four new weekly passenger flights to Munich, the number of weekly cargo flights between the two countries will increase from three to five. This was all pre-planned when we signed the agreement. If there is a non-stop flow of passengers and the flights don't meet demand, then we could extend it to one flight daily. There are 150,000 travelers annually going between Taiwan and Germany. 
One German tourism operator says there is a chance this number could go up in the future. Great opportunity now from the southern Germans to fly directly to Turkey and next years to come, I would suggest that you would have an increase of 10, 15, 20 percent per year. With direct flights between Taiwan and Germany increasing, it is clear that bilateral relations between the two countries are improving. The government has relaxed four sets of COVID rules starting today. Most noticeably, contacts of COVID patients are no longer required to isolate. And COVID patients can end their self-health management period as soon as they test negative in a rapid test. Temperature checks in public spaces are now a thing of the past, as well as vaccine requirements at certain events and venues. During COVID, temperature checks were a must at train stations. Now they are a thing of the past as the CECC loosens COVID measures. With COVID becoming a milder disease, the CECC has removed mandatory isolation periods for contacts of COVID patients. Patients themselves must still isolate for seven days. After isolation is up, they can go out freely, but must not have meals with others or take public transportation until they test negative in a rapid test. Isolation is set to be further reduced to five days starting next Monday. Also today, venues and events that previously required proof of free COVID shots, such as gyms and religious events, will no longer require it. Temperature checks in public spaces are no longer compulsory. Removing the temperature checks reduces the time it takes to get to work and hop on a train. The gradual easing of isolation rules has left people wondering when the mask mandate will be lifted. Cases of respiratory syncytial virus are on the rise, and there's also the seasonal flu. Face masks aren't just for COVID. All these respiratory diseases become more common at this time of the year, so masks could mitigate that somewhat. The CECC recently stated it could discuss the easing of mask rules in November if COVID numbers continue going down. How measures will be relaxed has yet to be discussed by a panel of experts. The mask mandate will be one of the last priorities. If we go straight to not wearing masks, that could cause COVID numbers to bounce back over the autumn and winter seasons. We could even see a new peak. As temperatures get colder, people spend more time indoors. Experts say that a gradual approach to lifting the mask mandate is the way to go.